Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. If you were asked to devote the biggest problem that exists between you and God, what would you say? Well, then if you're asked, what's the solution to that problem, what would you say? The Bible tells us no matter what our problem with God is, the solution is one and the same thing. It's called propitiation. Well, what is propitiation, you might ask? We want to look at propitiation today and how it clears away all of our problems with God. And here to help us do just that is Ron Kangas. Ron, I'm really glad that you could be here for this program. I'm also thankful for the opportunity to do my best to make a contribution to this particular subject. Ron, as we opened our program today, this term is somewhat daunting. It sounds theological to many people, but it's a marvelous term, as I think we'll come to appreciate today, propitiation. Maybe a lot of people who don't consider themselves to be real students of the Bible might even shy away from such a term. But I think our program today will make it clear, especially by opening up these types and pictures from the Old Testament. I believe these will bring us into a clear view of the spiritual reality that is absolutely crucial to the spiritual health of all God's people. Maybe you could begin by taking a look at the literal meaning of this word from its Hebrew origin. The literal meaning of this word has the same root as the word for the cover of the Ark of the Testimony. So the thought is the covering of something negative, in this case, especially the sins that create an unspeakably severe problem between us and God. God loves us. His heart is good toward us. But he can't simply, without a righteous standing, forgive sins. So propitiation in the type was a covering of those sins and a recovering of the fallen condition and the failures related to those sins that then would give the righteous God the standing according to his attribute of righteousness to receive us into his presence, to have fellowship with us, and giving us the opportunity to behold him and to enjoy him. The thought here is not yet the taking away of sins. The thought is the covering, so that God does not see them. Eventually, in the New Testament age, propitiation will give way, or become part of, at least, the taking away of sin and sins entirely. But here we're in Leviticus, with the picture, with the type, and propitiation is the covering of sins, therefore appeasing the situation between God and us, bringing in peace and opening the way for fellowship. 
Well, let's look at a couple of verses. We're in Leviticus chapter 16 today, and then we'll join Witness Lee for the first portion. But verses 15 and 16 from Leviticus 16 read, Then he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it upon the expiation cover and before the expiation cover. And he shall make propitiation for the holy of holies because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness. Uncleanness, Ron, that's an interesting word for us to ponder, not a comfortable one, because we have plenty of these, don't we? We surely do, and if we have the light, both directly from the Lord in our fellowship with him based on the word, and the light based upon the types, we will see that we are a totality of sin and uncleanness, and whatever issues out from our fallen being is unclean and brings us into a condition of uncleanness and defilement a condition that cannot coexist with the glorious presence of the true and living God. Good background and a good uh, foundation, I think, for our message today. Let's get to Witness Lee. We have come to a great subject. That is the matter of propitiation. This is fully covered in Leviticus chapter 16. God loves his people. God just likes to meet his people. God has no problem. The problem is that his people committed sins. His people did a lot against his commandments. And these commandments, as we know, are just a portrait of what God is. In brief, God is love, God is light, and God is holy, and God is righteous. These four words could describe what can God, God is. God is full of love, full of light, and he is holy, and he is righteousness. He is such a God. And these Ten Commandments, which were given by him, just portray what can God his. He's very God, who is love and who is light, who is also holy and righteous. And these Ten Commandments were laid right before the one coming to approach God. And there's no way but this dear one would be exposed to be a sinner. Then sin or sins right away exist before God and this one. That is the problem. So in this picture you could see between the approaching one and God there was a problem. As there was such a problem, how could the sinful approach one? 
converse with the righteous one, with the holy one. This is the problem. So this problem has to be solved. God loves man, yet man is in such a poor situation, poor condition. This situation tells us what we need. Propitiation. Ron, this was a wonderfully clear word. I think most people have some idea, or at least their own idea, whether positive or negative, of what God is and what he is like. But here, the Bible gives us these four specific things that tell us precisely what God is in relation to man. He is love. He is full of love. And he is light. He's full of light. But he is also holy. And he is also righteousness. As the one who is love, there's no problem between him and man. He loves man. But in his holiness and his righteousness, that's where the problem exists. And it's a big problem. Let's talk about it and what the remedy is. It is quite common, both for believers and for those that are not believers but have some kind of concept of God, that since God is love... That's all he has to do to forgive people is to love them. Yes, God is love. God is light. But God is holy. He cannot tolerate those negative things which are contrary to his nature. They cannot coexist. The unholy things in our fallen being cannot coexist with the presence of a holy God. Everything God does must be righteous and is righteousness. The gospel is the power of God because the righteousness of God is revealed in it. Although God is loving and wants to bring us into his presence, he cannot do this if something happens that is contrary to his righteousness. God must be righteous. God must act according to his righteousness. Therefore, even though he loves us deeply, we cannot be in his presence for fellowship until and unless the righteous requirements of God's law have been fulfilled. We cannot fulfill them. But the Bible says in 1 Peter The righteous, the Lord Jesus, died on behalf of the unrighteous. The righteous one, our Savior, paid the price on our behalf, dying for us, thereby fulfilling the requirement of God's righteousness that the wages of sin is death. Now God, motivated by his love and having a clear standing in his righteousness, can receive us into his presence. The same act of redemption, in terms of Leviticus, propitiation, satisfies the requirements of God's holiness and even his glory. So the basic thought is this. Although God is full of love and has a heart longing to have fellowship with us, He cannot do so until our fallen situation is addressed and 
the requirements of God's righteousness and holy nature are fulfilled by propitiation, then God is free, we may say, to receive us into his presence without any contradiction to his nature, and we can enjoy him in peace, in light, and in love. We may also have the feeling that God is angry or mad at us. That is not true. God has intense feelings towards sin and sins and the situation created by them. So that has to be appeased. That has to be satisfied. But it's not that God is angry with us and we're trying to placate his anger. No, God loves us, but he must display righteous judgment on the sins and the sin which are the barrier between us and him. It changes, I think, if we see it in any level of clearness and in God's light. It it changes totally how we approach God, how we relate to God, even how we think of him. You you said in your portion here that uh, it's not that God is mad at us, and I'm glad you picked that up because that gets to uh, really the center of this coming portion. We're going to be on that topic. How does God feel about us, and how does he uh, handle this problem with the offense uh, to his righteousness and holiness? And again, we will see how propitiation solves this problem. This is a marvelous section just ahead. God still loves us. But a problem existing in front of us, before him. What needs to be appeased is not God, but our situation, our condition. So to put the cover on the Ten Commandments, to cover these condemning, judging commandments, this is to appease the situation. Propitiation is not to appease God. It is to appease the situation. You don't need to beg him to forgive you. He's ready to forgive you. God the Father will say, I don't need to be begged by you. I love you. I'd like to do something for you. Okay, let's get a cover. And put the cover upon the commandment. How wonderful is this? Right away, the situation is at peace. Our God has never been mad with us. In John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world. God is never mad with us. He is always loving us. And he even loved us to such an extent in his eternity past. He (laughs) prepared a way, firstly, to cover our sins. Secondly, to remove our sins. In the Old Testament, God's economy was to cover our sins. Then in the New Testament, God's economy is to remove, to take away our sins. In the New Testament, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away sin. And this is not to propitiate. And this is what? This is to take away, not to cover so on the cross, he took away our sin to accomplish the full redemption. Now, what we have is a full, completed redemption. It is not a kind of covering. 
It's not a kind of propitiation, just to appease the situation, but to solve the whole problem. Ron, I'd like to take some time to talk about this crucial aspect of what is called propitiation in the Old Testament, and now how it has even a more complete development in the New Testament. And that is, we do not need to beg God for forgiveness. In fact, he's eager, he's anxious to forgive us, provided that he is given a proper standing where he can forgive us. And this standing was provided for him by propitiation in a limited way in the Old Testament. But now in the New Testament, as we've heard, in a marvelous and more complete way, his standing in righteousness and holiness is even enlarged. Let's explore this. Let's begin with the distinction between the covering of sins and the covering of the commandments that judge us due to our sins and the removal of sins. Propitiation as seen in the picture of the cover on the ark and the blood applied to the cover. That is to cover anything, the sins, the condemning law, that makes it impossible for us sinners to be in God's presence and makes it impossible for God in his righteousness to receive us into his presence without the requirements of his righteousness being fulfilled. So that propitiation, that covering, produces a situation where these negative things are no longer in view. So God can now freely love us, forgive us, based upon this propitiation. When the Lord Jesus came to fulfill the prophecies and the types concerning his person and work, when he died on the cross, bearing our sins in his body— shedding his precious blood for our redemption and cleansing, he was the Lamb of God, who, according to John one twenty nine, took away the sin of the world, the nature of sin and sins. What a tremendous difference this is. We may have the assurance our history of sinning is not merely covered. It's gone as far as God is concerned. Because of this redemption accomplished by the Son as the Lamb of God, we simply believe into him, the Son, believe that he died for our redemption, that God raised him from the dead, and we may come to the righteous and holy God of love and light, knowing that we don't have to plead and beg for forgiveness. As far as love is concerned, God is eager and ready to forgive us. As far as righteousness is concerned, God must forgive us because the requirements of his righteousness have been met by his Son. So based upon his Son's redemptive death, who paid the price for us, God can, out of love and must, out of righteousness, forgive us. God wants us to realize this, that he's not angry with us. There is a most unpleasant situation due to our sins. That situation has been appeased. The requirements of God's righteousness and holiness have been fulfilled by the death of the Lord Jesus. 
now we may come forward, as the writer of Hebrews says, with boldness into the Holy of Holies through this redeeming blood, because the sins have been taken away, and now we have the right to be in God's presence, and our God rightfully must forgive us, does forgive us, so we may enjoy him and be one with him in peace. He mentioned these verses at the beginning of chapter 10 in Hebrews. Verse 5 says that a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifice for sins you did not delight, pointing to Christ as the reality of these offerings. And that's the topic of our final section. Let's go to Witness Lee once more. The sin offering is for the burnt offering. In other words, we the sinners got redeemed with a purpose that we could become God's satisfaction, that we could become persons who live for God absolutely in Christ, teaching Christ as our life and life supply. So the redeemed ones are now no more sinners, but those who are absolutely for God's satisfaction. This is the purpose of Christ's redemption. This also indicates the complete redemption of Christ not only implies the removal of our sin, but also implies our living for God absolutely. If the kind of redemption of Christ could only remove our sin, yet it could not make us to live for God absolutely, this indicates that his redemption is not complete. It's just on the halfway. But, hallelujah, today we have not only been redeemed with our sin and sins removed, but also we have been made by Christ the very ones living for God absolutely in him as our burnt offering. This is why in the complete redemption, Christ is both our sin offering and burnt offering. He's our sin offering to remove our sins away. He's a burnt offering to make us this kind of people to be for God absolutely taking him as a burn offering, a living in him by his life and life supply that we can and we are qualified, we are quite capable and able to live for God absolutely in this universe. Ron, we only have a minute left. The sin offering we heard is for the burnt offering. The sin offering was made in view of the burnt offering, and this all implies that there's a purpose or goal to our redemption. Help us, if you could, with this final point. We need the burnt offering, an offering that was burned to ashes for God's satisfaction. We need this offering because it solves the problem of our not being for God in our actual living and the decisions we make. God created us for himself and for his purpose, but due to sin, 
coming in and contaminating us. We all, meaning fallen human beings, live for ourselves. Self is first. Self is the center, not God. So God has no way to fulfill with us the purpose for which he created us. However, Christ is the reality of the sin offering. He dealt with this poisoning element, which you could say transmuted our being and made us for ourselves and not for God. He dealt with the cause, with the sin element, dealing with it once and for all. Now, based upon Christ as the sin offering, who, according to Romans 8.3, came in the likeness of the flesh of sin so that God could condemn sin in the flesh, based upon this sin offering, we may now have Christ as our peace offering. We do not in ourselves suddenly become for God. We still have the problem of being for ourselves. But based upon Christ as the sin offering, we may be one with Christ as the burnt offering, and the Christ who is absolutely for God solves our problem of not being for God. Then he comes into us to live in us a life that is absolutely for God. So now based upon his being the sin offering and the burnt offering, we are one with God. In Christ, we are for God. We can live unto God. The enemy's destructive work has been brought to naught. The problem of sin has been taken care of. Now, in Christ, in oneness with him, and by faith in him alone, we declare we are for God. We love God. We serve God. We worship God. We live to God. We are now spending our life on earth for the purpose of God for which we were created, for which we were redeemed, and for which Christ, the reality of the burnt offering, is now living in us. Praise Him. Wonderful program. You know, on one hand, this matter of propitiation can be viewed as a legal matter, almost a, a lawyerly concept. But what came out today was absolutely, to me, marvelous and so helpful for our experience of our dear Lord Jesus as he prepares his bride, the satisfaction of his heart and delight. I really appreciate your help today and hope you'll come back again soon. I especially enjoyed helping with this program, and I look forward to joining you again in the near future. Also hope all of you listening will join us again. Let me give you our toll-free number as we close. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Please join us for our next program. For Ron Kangas, this is Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.